listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 299. 299. Wow. <laughs> Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the are you finally caffeinated enough? John Brownstone? Yes. And then I handed you more caffeine. Yes. Will you be over caffeinated? No. Okay, good. No such thing. As long as you won't be grumpy. That's really all we care about. <laughs> <laughs> This week, we're reading kinky questions from the BDSM side of Reddit and sharing our own thoughts and answers. It's a BDSM Reddit response reaction thing that we've made a semi-regular thing around here because Mm -hmm. apparently some folks like to hear me rant. So here we go. (laughs) Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, <clears throat> LovingDS and the number one, so that's at LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes, and the show notes can be found at LovingBDSM.net. And also, if you subscribe to our newsletter, you will get the sh- link to the show notes in the newsletter every week. A big thanks as always to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We're able to do this really weird thing on the internet in large part because <laughs> of our kinky patrons. And we're very, 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 very fucking grateful to you for that. If you'd like to join our kinky community and get access to extra content and a Discord server with a group of super cool, super nice kinksters, join us at patreon.com slash Lords. It's patreon.com slash Lords. Okay, so before we get into this week's uh, episode, uh, I'm going to do the only announcement. I'm going to pop it up at this part and not save it for a weird time. And that is just to remind you that the Patreon membership drive is still going on. Um, as of the day of recording, it is February 2nd. Uh, that means as of the day of recording, you have 13 more days to join or maintain membership with us over on Patreon to get this year's membership drive perks. So um, if you sign up as an annual member, meaning you pay one time and get access for a full year uh, through February 15th, you get two months free. So you pay for 10 months worth, get access for a full year. Outside of the membership drive, we do a one month free discount because Patreon lets us. If they would give us a mechanism to do a a month to month discount, I would totally do that, but they don't yet. So there we are. Um, If you maintain membership or sign up, by February 15th, uh, we're also doing goodies for uh, that we mail out, that'll be mailed out in March for members that are part of a, with us through the membership drive. At a $2 tier, you're gonna get a Loving BDSM bookmark. Uh, at the $5 tier, you're going to get a, a die cut sticker pack. At the $10 level, you're gonna get a Loving BDSM logo enamel pin, P-I-N pin. Uh, whether you wear that on your clothing, your backpack, or you have a pin board, uh, however you do it. And then <laughs> if you're at the $25 level, you get all of that. Um, there are different perks based on the level you pick, but if you just come in at our lowest level, $2 a month, um, which is the is about $20 US when you sign up for an annual membership, if that helps you. Um, the base that everybody gets access to, a monthly live Q&A where we answer questions. That's actually coming up this Saturday of February, what are dates? Fifth, 
whatever the first Saturday of the month is, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, we do a behind the scenes podcast episode where it's very much like a bonus section-y kind of vibe, but we talk about what's going on with the kinkery, what's going on with loving BDSM, what we're planning, what we've done, all that good stuff. It started out as kind of a, hey, you help us do this thing financially, patrons. We're gonna give you kind of a status report of what we're doing with your help, that kind of stuff. Um, we also um, have a Discord server, um, super friendly, super chill. Have people gotten to know one another and maybe like hooked up? Sure, but it's not a dating site. We don't even really want it to be that. That all happens mm-hmm. in consensual DMs, not in the, the threads and the chats. So it's like super, super chill. Like you can be your whole self there. We have channels that are about crafting and cooking and photography and gaming. And we have channels that are like, ask your kink questions. Mm-hmm. Littles gather here, big D's, submissives, massacres, you know, all yeah. that. So, yep. and we're always open to adding more. So, and kinky memes and memes channels. Yes. And, oh, yep. yes. Like we just try mm-hmm. and let people be their whole selves. Yep. Every once in a while, we'll even talk a little bit about parenting. We don't have an actual channel for it, but like it comes up for some people. So, yeah. Yeah, all of that. That is all like, that's what you get just for joining at any level. And then there are different perks based on your tier of choice. Uh, all of that information <laughs> is at patreon.com slash killlords, links in the places. I also been linking to the blog post. I wrote about it uh, on lovingbdsm.net. You can read about it there. Um, but February 15th is the deadline. So if you wanna like get in and get the perks for this year, this is the time after February 15th, you're welcome to come join us. We, we would love to have you, <laughs> but this is the time for the perks. Okay. Okay. So that was my only long winded ass announcement. And um, I just lost my train of thought. Okay. This is it. <laughs> y'all it's y'all. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this episode is a BDSM Reddit response reaction. Is it just an excuse for me to start ranting about stuff? Come for the podcast, stay for the rants. Uh, (laughs) Come for the (laughs) I forget what words are, stay for the rants. Whatever, whatever. (laughs) Um, And thanks to Silent Wings, who sent me a few over the course of like, I think I had one from before the last reaction episode we did like this, which has kind of become a semi-regular thing. And then some more that came in like at a bit, like, thank you, Silent Wings is what I'm saying. And then I found a couple more. One... (laughs) Like some of these I read, I always read and Jamie doesn't know what they they are until I read them out loud. <laughs> no, she keeps them from me. You she doesn't could, tell me. You could. You <laughs> just choose not to. Anyway, uh, and there's actually one that's super long-winded, but also I did not know, I didn't have a clear idea of what the answer should oh, wow. be. Like it's a complicated one. So huh. yeah. It's, wow. That's, I know. When we get to it, we'll get to Ka- it. That's a new game. Stump Kayla. I know, right? <laughs> so we're going to get into these. Um, I will. These came from, I think every, most of them came from the BDSM advice subreddit on uh, Reddit. And one came from the BDSM community, which doesn't always have a bunch of super like questiony kind of things yeah. it's more chit chat but eh, every once in a while so let us go through these okay. uh here we go oh no All that's right. not the one i wanted to start with okay <laughs> okay here's how the headline 
Which one of us was in the wrong during the scene? Me or my daddy? Okay. So here we go. My daddy has been in the lifestyle for many years and I've only been in it for a year myself. I've done a ton of research and read a dozen different stories about safe words. Daddy didn't realize he could use the same safe word as I can in order to stop a scene. Last night, daddy had me go up on his cross, blindfolded earplugs, and I asked for him to mark me with knife play. At one point he asked if I needed to stop and I told him no, I wanted more. He tried to stop the scene three times by trying to take me off of the cross, but didn't use a safe word, but I wanted to keep going. We kept going until finally I screamed our safe word and he stopped immediately. Now he thinks that he overdid it. And I told him that if he truly wanted things to end, he should have used our safe word. And he said that tops don't use safe words, just bottoms do. Daddy says that he always wants to give me the pleasure I desire, but if a scene gets too intense, he needs to know that he should stop at any time. Am I in the wrong for not allowing him to take me off the cross when he wanted to, or is he in the wrong for not knowing that he can also say for it and that he always doesn't always have to give me what I ask for? Can I start before we get your reaction to the situation? I really don't like this wrong. Am I wrong? Yeah, Because there's... Maybe, maybe people were wrong, but I don't also don't think it's a this or that. I think right. there was a lot that did not go well here. Exactly. Okay, so go. What it, What so, are you thinking? Um, you know, I have used a safe word with you. You have? Okay. Um, there are times you get so intense on certain things, I use a safe word. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said... I have ended scenes between us Mm -hmm. without using a safe word. Absolutely. Um, I have had asked you for a a Mm check-in and you were incoherent, could not give me a response. So good. (laughs) And I ended the scene. I I just said, that's it. We are done. Sure. Um, One other time I ended a scene um, it was right after my sister's death mm-hmm. and we were seeing and I felt like I was mm-hmm. slipping in a bad direction mm-hmm. and I stopped. I did not safe word. I just said, we need to stop this. I cannot right. continue. Um, did not use the safe word. I, I think, um, you know, should Don be able to use a safe word? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agree completely. Um, I, I think if a Dom needs to end a scene, it needs to be ended, mm-hmm. regardless safe word or, or not. That's part it, of being it, in control. That That's part of being in control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if anyone on either side feels they need to stop the scene, you know, there's a, re- there's, there's a reason behind it. And, you know, um, like you, I kind of agree. There's not really a, a right or wrong. And I, it, if there's wrong here, which I'm not even sure there's nobody did anything, quote, wrong. It's on both sides. It's yeah. not I was right and you were wrong. Exactly. It's, ooh, we both could have done this better. And here's why and e- how. Exactly. Right, right, right. So, you know, can and should a dom end the scene if need be? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No different than 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 an S can and should end a scene if necessary. Right. And the the thing about the difference there is if a a dom absolutely has the freedom to use a safe word, there's kind of this for for many people that we know and in our experience, whatever my safe word is, that's your safe word too. It is the Mm -hmm. recognized word that if somebody says it 
and for us it's red, everything stops. That being said, to end a scene, the Dom, especially when we're talking about a power exchange, it might it's different between top and bottom because that's very much more of a, the top is giving or providing, but may not be in control in a dominant kind of way. It depends mm -hmm. on your negotiations, but in power exchange where in general, the top is also the Dom and is therefore in charge of stuff and has been given control within limits. They don't have to use a safe word to stop. They can, you can literally just stop and go, we are done here. That's part of the power and the responsibility of being in control is either, and it sounds to me like this person hit his own limits. He got right. uncomfortable. And I'm a little, I got opinions about the fact that the sub basically said, no, you have to keep going and was only going to accept the Dom stopping with a safe word. Now, mm -hmm. if that is what was negotiated, we only stop if one of us safe words, because I can understand that or uses a gesture or whatever, a, yeah. an agreed upon signal. I can understand maybe having that conversation and setting it up that way so that there is a verbal or a visual cue for everybody that, okay, we're stopping now. I know that's what we're doing. We're shifting headspace as quickly as you can. And it's not always easy to do mm -hmm. an abruptly ended scene. But in general, if you've given some level of control over to your Dom and you have not negotiated otherwise, they get to just stop. They don't have to give a safe word. It is the consent of the submissive in general is that you will do the thing or keep going. Mm -hmm. The the power we give up is, does it stop before you're ready to, for it to stop? That's, yeah. that, and that doesn't Let's, have to be that way. You can negotiate otherwise, but in general, yeah. that's the power you have is to, to look at the situation and go, let's, you didn't say for it, but I'm stopping right now. Turn, let's turn this around. You and I are playing mm -hmm. and you say, you say to me, we need to stop this scene. Sure. And you didn't use your safe word, but you said we need to we, stop this we, scene. We, we need to stop. Right. We this can't this can't go on. And I look at you and say, no, you have not safe worded. We are going to yes. continue. And I have heard of people doing that, and that's some bullshit. That is that is a manipulative, predatory, abusive. It's gross. It's bad. It's dangerous. It could even mm -hmm. come from a good place or an ignorant, not a good place, but an ignorant place and not like an abuser place. No. It's still bad. Right. The, the safe word is really there or gesture or what signal cue is there. If you are playing and part of your play is me, like in my case, I'll say, no, daddy, don't. And I right. mean, keep the fuck going. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that is the the helpful tool that is a safe word or some other equivalent. However, right. safe words are not infallible. They're not perfect. No. They don't work in all situations. And mm -hmm. quite frankly, if a person on either side of the slash says, this needs to stop right now or some equivalent of that, then it needs to stop right now. Yeah. I mean, the night that we were having that rough sex mm -hmm. and you had a panic attack yeah you did not safe word nor could i really i actually couldn't be coherent enough to go this to, has to stop now i was it, like nope nope exactly no no nope, nope. i <laughs> i i stopped that based on 
what was happening in front of me and right. and reading what was going on with you. Right. And and I stopped. Right. And here's the thing. So, We're talking about you reading my cues, you listening to me. This scenario, though, mm -hmm. we don't get what cues were being thrown off other than right. the sub is like, I wanted to keep going. The Dom was having an experience, whether they were reading cues and maybe misreading them, mm -hmm. or they bumped up against their own comfort level. Yes. And they were made to feel like they had to keep going because it's what the sub wanted. And I don't use this expression often because mm -hmm. I think most examples are not this, but this absolutely at the minimum skirts the line of topping from the bottom. The Dom wanted mm -hmm. to stop. Yes. The sub went, but I don't want you to. Well, baby, everybody mm -hmm. gets limits here. Everybody gets to decide if it's gonna keep going or not. Right. And sometimes the disappointment, and I've experienced this as a submissive and as a bottom, sometimes you want shit to keep going, but mm -hmm. another person in the situation is like, I don't feel safe, I don't feel comfortable, I'm not okay with this. Then I as a submissive get to live with that fucking disappointment. But you know what? I also get to live to play another fucking day because I ha you're not traumatized and, there's, and afraid to do and, it And, and there's time. the thing, you know, we we have done this in scenes where we have stopped early mm -hmm. and you would have loved to keep going Absolutely. but you, you know what as as as, a, as the big d as a sadist always leave him wanting more okay you can always go back and play right. again and if you stop on the inside of oh i didn't go all the way to a limit or oh mm -hmm. i didn't overdo it and I, and there is that being left wanting more there can be, in most situations, an incentive and an enticement to want to play again. There's always gonna be another opportunity with this person or another, it depends on the situation. But going too far creates barriers for people oftentimes, either from fear or nerves or concern mm -hmm. that maybe this isn't a safe way to play and maybe I don't feel comfortable playing again because that last time we went too far, and I don't want to go too far again. I The part, mm -hmm. like I get, if this was just about, I thought that Dom's had to say for it in order to stop a scene, I would be, that's a simple education thing of actually no. If you want one, that's fine. But mm -hmm. also Dom's control the scene to a certain extent. Right. Because they're the ones that have to provide, tops as well. They're providing the action. They're providing the sensation. They get to decide it's over, even if a sub is like, yeah, but I wanted to keep going. Fine, but I didn't, mm -hmm. that's my limit. I think you can, if, if that's all this was about, I'd be like, okay, this is an education issue of safe words and when mm -hmm. when they're useful, when they're not. The thing that bugs me about this one, and I kind of feel like I know why Silent Wings sent it to me, is that <laughs> this sub basically pushed against their Dom's potential limits mm -hmm. and comfort level three times yeah now somebody when brought, that person tried to stop that somebody scene. brought up something in the live chat that i think pretty much hits the nail on the head in this mm -hmm. situation mm -hmm. consent can be revoked at any absolutely time. by any party by anybody. either party because consent is not and we mentioned this earlier in the mm -hmm. conversation consent is not one and done no it's, it's ongoing. ongoing and you get to change your mind at any point and that dom something was happening within him or something right. he was seeing or mm -hmm. something and he wanted to stop and he was pre prevented put air quotes around this because he had more control than he realized but he didn't know yeah he was prevented three times and that's what bugs me most right. about this i mean you know we, doms we, are not kink dispensers we we talk about this coming from the little s side 
and I know it's something I talk about a lot, um, triggers, mm-hmm. landmines. You're doing a scene. You can hit a trigger, a buried trigger at any point. Don't even know it time, exists. Don't even know it exists. Mm-hmm. You know what? doesn't just go for the little S's. Yes. It goes for the big D's. Absolutely. There can be things buried there, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if a big D says, we need to stop. Mm-hmm. I feel like th- this is my reading, my bias, my me. This is mm-hmm. not said here. But yeah. this feels like somebody who probably genuinely believes in the... And I used to say it before I sort of learned better. (laughs) Well, really, submissives have all the power in a dynamic because they can withdraw consent at any point. Mm. Forgetting that doms get to withdraw consent at any point because like we just said, anybody can. Yeah. But there, I mean, there is that, and I understand it's kind of an empowering thing for submissives to learn in early days of submission of you have more power than you realize mm-hmm. because as long as you're playing with a safe person who will right. respect whatever signal or word or however you say this has got to stop, even if that is a simple no or stop, being reminded of that can help m- some submissives feel empowered, understand that they actually do have control here, even as they are giving up a level of control. But it feels like this was taken to that extreme of, well, I have the power and I haven't said this scene should end. And that's the part that just, I'm sure, I I believe, I wanna believe it's a lack of experience. It's Mm -hmm. a lack of knowledge. It's, I think somebody said it in the live chat. This is, there's a difference between book learning and actual real world experience. And this might be where those paths cross in a way. Yeah, Um, good point. So like, I'm not mad at this person Mm -hmm. if they believe that. I get why in my early days of being a submissive, I absolutely said it. I, I, I believed it, but I didn't. The weird thing is, is I never believed that a dom didn't have the ability to withdraw consent either. I just never thought through that to the logical conclusion of what that was saying. If I had all the power, Mm -hmm. then where was the dom in the situation? And I think that's what happens is you, you say it or you believe it to empower yourself as a submissive and you don't take it to its logical conclusion Mm -hmm. and then shit gets fucked up. Right. My biggest issue here is that person did not know enough, apparently, that he could just decide to stop. And that this submissive yeah. pushed against their partner's limits and as, is as close to topping from the bottom as I have seen in this kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, there's a thing that I think many people who are submissive at some point in their relationship, even if you're switching back and forth or mm-hmm. it's just at whatever, or even if you're bottoming, that I... <laughs> I had to come to terms with and come to grips with a long time ago. And quite frankly, I think you butt up against this faster outside of sexy kinky scenes. And if like your submission is part of your day to day service submissive or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that is as a submissive, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to hear no. You're going to hear you're not allowed to do that. You're going to hear we're going to stop now. And you're going to you're going to be disappointed. And it's sometimes 
there's too much disappointment. There's not enough fulfillment. The person disappointing you is disappointing you on a lot of levels. And that means that the relationship, you're not compatible. It needs to stop. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's literally just the nature of submission that in this case, I gave you the power to make the decision. You have the power to make the decision as being in the, in a scene as being the doer of the scene. It's you who throws the flogger. It's you who hits me with a cane. It's you who ties me to something. I am literally helpless because until you take me down, mm-hmm. I'm at your mercy. So that means yeah. you have more power to stop something if you need it to stop, right? Mm-hmm. And that means understanding that as a submissive and as a bottom, but yeah. for me, it's more as a submissive part, means that there will be times I have to be disappointed because you made a judgment call based on what was going on with you, based mm-hmm. on what you saw coming from me, based on my inability to respond based on how you view the world when we're talking about decisions you make outside of a kink scene. Like there've been times I'm like, daddy, can I have this? Daddy, can I do this? And you tell me no. And let me tell you, yeah, that fucking sucks. And if you can't handle hearing the word no from somebody Mm -hmm. that you have decided and consensually negotiated that they get to be in charge, you're gonna have to renegotiate that because sometimes you hear no. For some people it's very hard to say the word no. It is. And that is a challenge of doms that they have to work through and I don't personally have a lot of Mm -hmm. tips for that right at this moment, this is a different episode. (laughs) If you find it difficult to say no (coughs) and you've been placed in charge, then that's gonna be a thing that you have to work Mm -hmm. on and you gotta work through. But I'm just here to tell you, if you're submissive, get used to being told no every once in a while. (laughs) We shouldn't be told no all the time, Mm -hmm. but that's a little bit of what this is too. That dude should have told their partner no. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. And here we are, and Mm -hmm. I'm already ranting, barely (laughs) into it. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. How to deal with kink shaming. This one was unique. Mm. I had thoughts. Because this okay. is not what you think it is, but it is kink shaming. This, all right. this, 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 all right. this situation happened at work. I had a meeting in my office with a client just before my break. After we finished the work, I left the office to get coffee and we went in the same direction. He started chit-chatting with me and then began complaining about his wife. So I stopped listening. I know, I'm so rude. Until I heard his voice get angrier. And then he said, can you imagine? She said I was acting crazy. I'll tell you who's crazy. Those men that sit in those torture chairs and have their balls tied up and pulled. I was completely lost as in what is even going on? And my face probably showed it since he continued. I saw it once in a museum. I just stared at him. He smiled and said, I'm sorry. Of course, a woman like you knows nothing of the sort. Oh my God, oh, I wanna gag already. Anyway, um, there are these freaks that find pleasure in pain. They're called masochists. The irony, at that time, my ass was still bruised from the playtime with my dom. My mind screamed at me to say something, but what? I was thinking, he's a client. I'll see him every month for the next year. If I don't choose my words carefully enough, he could use them or even twist them to get me in trouble with my boss. So I just looked at my watch, pretended I'm late for another meeting and left. I should have said something, at least something neutral that wouldn't reveal I was into it, but making it clear, I disagree. I'm not making excuses or maybe I am, but in real life, I'm a private and very introverted person. I'm also 
also socially awkward. My dom often gets disappointed at how I still struggle to set good and healthy boundaries with other people in real life. It's one of the rules I keep breaking, um, especially with domineering men. And I prefer avoidance than confrontation. Please don't be too harsh on me. Uh, so how to deal with this type of situation? Any suggestions of what I could say or do? And then they followed up with, and does anyone know which museum he was referring to? Right. I'd love to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Same. Right. Same. Yeah. I have all the thoughts, but I want to like not suck up all the oxygen. So please, daddy dear. <laughs> what the fuck with these men? No offense. Hashtag not all men. Well, but still. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> can, I, wow. can I point out the thing? We can answer her question. Like, that's fine. I have thoughts about that. And I have a feeling we're mm -hmm. on the same page here. The thing that blows my mind about this is not... Not her, this person's issue of how do I handle this, right? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. more that in whatever rant this person was on about their wife that they were having with a business colleague. Yeah. First of all, highly fucking inappropriate, but oh, oh okay. Mm -hmm. That that was the thing he went to yeah. to talk about what's crazy. I, part of me, part of me, my five minutes of psych psychology education mm -hmm. from 20 years ago is like projection much like first of all why do you know that why is that your go-to example of right. crazy i mean why you know, did you go into that much detail and why did you think you had to define masochist to the person you were talking to like yeah. that's a lot that that's that came a lot out of to, nowhere. To, to go from complaining about your wife I know. I kind partner. of wish the person had not. I understand Don't, zoning. I, I'd yeah. have zoned out too. But I, also, I probably would have myself. I wish she'd been in tune with the. What the fuck was the yeah. complaint about the wife and, that and led then, to? And then to roll in, in into that. Um, and by the way, yes, that was kink shaming. That's not even a question. Right. Dude, totally kink shamed. I mean, to to just like roll that out to somebody. Like going to get the coffee first, and walking the down the place. street. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Right? What? Um, you know, that's one thing. I mean, the, the the first thing that comes to my mind with this, and, and this is not excusing his, this person's behavior, um, you know, it, it comes it, it comes from a place of ignorance. Oh, I mean, clearly deep yeah. ignorance, but also a little bit of malevolent ignorance. Like this isn't yeah. ignorance. Like I just don't know something. This is, I don't know it and I judge it. Mm -hmm. And somehow it relates to me ranting about my wife. And so let me point this out of the live chat. And this is true too, of, mm -hmm. um, of uh, 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 like a woman would, you would know. So now we're talking about, in my opinion, misogynistic. Oh yeah. Like. There's, there's a lot of shit going on there. On there, there is. There is. Uh, this is not the, the person, assuming cis man, which the way it's written, I read it though. Not a good representative for y'all mm -mm. is what I'm saying. I mean. Mm -mm. But also representative of too many people, sadly. You know, on, on one hand, I'd be like, I, I, I would want to go into education mode right okay but then again the other side of that that strikes me is like as, as much as i want to educate this person the way he's talking to me just off the cuff on this stuff assuming i don't is, know anything about it yeah is this someone that i want to yeah. know my 
no. my life. No. And that's why to the actual question asked, you had no obligation to say shit. Yes, they were kink shaming. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were ignorant. Yes, they were grotesque. But also, they just showed who they were. They were yeah. not safe to know no. your business. Exactly. Or to even think. Because, I mean, they said, okay, was there something I should have said that said it was not acceptable without sharing my business? I think that that's a person that if you defend kink to them, even if you do it in as neutral a way as possible, they've just, now they're making assumptions about you because they've already made assumptions about every right. fucking body else. Right. So you're defending this grotesque thing. Oh, well, maybe you're into it. Maybe you're also a freak too. Well, yeah, we are freaks, but fuck, we're not assholes. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so like, in my opinion, there's no obligation to correct that person. That person yeah. has already proved they're not safe knowing mm-hmm. not one fucking thing. But also there's the business aspect. Why was he talking about it to a business colleague? I know. He's I going know. to get coffee. But also, and I think yeah. most of us who have, have been in the working world for five minutes, have met the person who's like, why this is a business uh, situation and we are business professional colleagues. We have no attachment to one another outside of this particular place and moment. And yes, I will also tell you all my fucking business that you didn't ask for mm-hmm. and you can't even get mm-hmm. away from me Yeah, and say I mean, you don't I, wanna hear it. You know, when the books Fifty Shades came out, mm-hmm. um, among the people who were reading it, it became a very popular office talk. Oh, for sure. I was working in an office when okay. it came out. Yes, I recall. And, and I mean, there it went from the range of, there were those, uh, ooh, I think I kind of like, I want to try it. Right, right. To, this Ew, is freaking disgusting. Right, what are, right. you know, and... You're you're in a in an office environment, and you know as much as I wanted to to say something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know. No, this is not what it's like. <laughs> right. this, this is erotic fiction. And not even well written erotic right, fiction, but right. whatever. You know, I I I had to weigh out Mm -hmm. what I felt was appropriate to say in an office environment and what the that could jeopardize in in some ways Mm -hmm. so you know oh man that's uh that's a hot mess I I feel bad oh god yeah yeah I mean, even outside of outside of kink, I think most of us have had at least one interaction where somebody's being wildly inappropriate in some way. Yeah. And if you are like this person, I absolutely am. I will avoid. Mm-hmm. I I find it hard to even say the professional thing, like somebody mentioned in the live stream chat of just saying this conversation makes me uncomfortable. Let's stop. I, I mean, that's all too confrontational for me. That yeah. would actually be difficult to say. Now that right. you can overcome some of that with practice, so I suggest mm-hmm. it if you're mm-hmm. like me, but. We know those people, those people exist and it's not even just about kink, it's about all kinds of shit. Like it, there's just always somebody who yeah. does not understand boundaries and just apparently says whatever they think. And they assume that other people think like they do. In this case, I feel bad for the person one, cause she had to go through it. But two, because her first initial reaction was I did something wrong by not shutting it down. No, this is no different than 
other parts of our identities that we're not necessarily comfortable with or safe sharing with certain people. The reality is, is that kinky people can lose their jobs. Yeah. Kinky people get divorced and have their kids taken away from them. That still happens. Does it happen as frequently as it might have once done? Maybe not, but it still does mm-hmm. happen. And in a business setting, even if she had found a way to go, that's kink shamey without somehow pointing back at herself as a kinky person, one, that person was not going to hear it. They had already right. decided, they, judged, they had a, thought they, they knew something. They've already made up their mind. Right. And, and You weren't changing their mind. You weren't changing their behavior. But two... Giving them the inkling that, wait, what if you're one of these freaks, to use their word, now that's a client who maybe their business is important to the company she works for, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe so. And so now what if they're really offended by it? What if they go to the boss? Tell the boss, oh, your employee is into some inappropriate things. Right. Now this person has potentially put their job on the line just mm-hmm. to shut down a kink shaming for a person whose opinion is not, their mind was not going to be changed in that two second interaction, was never going to be changed in that interaction. Yeah. They had made up their mind long before this because apparently they saw it in a museum that uh, still would like to go to. Uh, thought it was quote crazy and then somehow it's still related back to the rant about the mm-hmm. wife you, nothing yeah that I, that person could have said i was mean gonna change plain mind. plain and simple what she described there in in his approach to telling her all this um red flags red flags popping up everywhere gotcha um i i do not in any way shape or form um would say, you know, say anything. There's no him. shame in, in taking care of protecting yourself. Protecting in, a, yourself. in a situation like that. Exactly. She wasn't now, defending another human being standing in front of her. It was a concept that this yeah. person was ranting now, about. Now, I mean, now, even, now. even in the office, it, it's kind of a, of a gray area. But, you know, if, if it had been approached a little differently, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I was in this museum and they had this exhibit there, and it was this thing um, showing male bondage, male male chastity. Oh, this is how it would go and in the office. They showed kinky stuff. That's yeah. the whisper that would happen. Yeah. I was in a museum that showed kinky stuff. Yeah. That's how it fucking goes in offices. And, you know, I... <laughs> I worry for some of the... It, you know, it, it's it's not really for me, but I, I didn't quite understand it. But see, you know, first of all, you're a well, you're a, a reasoned, even keeled kind of person. Mm-hmm. You are part of your personality is you, you do not jump to judgment of certain types of things. We all have our ability to jump to conclusions and mm-hmm. judgment. But in general, you tend not to do that. And that, yes, there absolutely are people like that. Most of the time, yeah, the people who are like that will not be ranting to their wife in the middle of a busy street talking to a business colleague that yeah. they are the client of. And X pointed out yeah. in the um, 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 live chat, and I really like this, of what could have happened, and I kind of hope this person did it, was after that conversation, gone to the boss and gone, I just had to be a part of a very uncomfortable conversation and would prefer not to work with this person anymore. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. can you talk to this person? Because sometimes in those situations, you are the point person. You're the only one in your department who does the thing that the client needs. Yeah. You know, but I, that would be the thing I would do because if they do it that one time and this person was so uncomfortable, they couldn't think to say anything to shut it down. Yeah. That, ooh, in a gross way, sends that message. And that's not this person's fault. This is just mm-hmm. this person's gross and 
is yeah. highly inappropriate. But typically what I've found is when you can't say anything or you don't say react fast enough to shut it down, mm-hmm. they think they're free to talk like that again, again. and they'll bring it back up. So right. if this person had gone to their boss and been like, ooh, that was not comfortable. And without talking about like uh, that was kink shamey or weight, yeah. just going, I didn't need to hear that, mm-hmm. right? then maybe the boss, hopefully if they're a decent boss, would say something or move that person to work with somebody else or something. Right. What should happen in a boss situation is the boss Mm. should say something to the client like that's inappropriate and if possible, move them anyway Um, or have them work with somebody else anyway. But they should not have them work with somebody else without talking to them because all that person's gonna be is like, oh, I can now be wildly inappropriate with this new Mm -hmm. person. And I say that as somebody who had to deal with a gross, creepy, they weren't clients in my last corporate job, but they were members. It was actually a membership Mm -hmm. association. And this was the skeezy, gross member who made everybody in the office uncomfortable. And instead of Mm. saying something to the member because they were a dues paying member, (laughs) they got passed around to, like it was a different person who had to deal with them every time. We actually had to have a conversation in a meeting of all staff that uh, if if members want to hug us, you know, if we're uncomfortable, just do the side hug. Right before I quit, we got a new CEO who went, what the fuck? <laughs> One immediately looked at, saw the creepy person and clocked him before they could even be creepy to her because she was the CEO. Nobody was ever creepy to the CEO. Oh, wow. And went, uh, no. And then went, nobody here on staff is required to hug anybody at all. Even a side hug. You get to say no. And why, yes, I will announce that to all of the board and blah, 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 blah. Yes. Yay. So Yay. the boss can be part of the, that. This is so outside the scope of this question, but here I am on a tear. Yeah. What the boss should, the, the employee should be like, boss, this happened. Mm-hmm. Shut it down. Decent boss yeah. will shut it the fuck down True. and not just pass the problem True. on because that person has just proved they will be gross and creepy to anybody. Yeah. Randomly. Yeah. I bet they're gross and creepy to random strangers mm-hmm. on a bus or a subway. Like, fuck that guy. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's go to the next one. All right. This one's actually a really quick one, but it also makes my heart hurt that we keep having to answer these kinds of questions. Okay. Uh, headline, a dom and a masochist. Is this even a thing? Before you say anything, I'm not a switch. I've never enjoyed being submissive or on the receiving end of anything else, but I do like pain a lot and being hurt in whatever way the other person wants. Oh, baby, you got Mm. limits. You just don't know what they are yet. A few years ago when starting out, I had a short fling with a couple who wanted me to be their submissive and I quickly realized this was not for me at all, except Mm. for the being whipped, et cetera, parts. There's a lot that, et cetera, encompasses a lot. Being whipped and what else? Yeah. (laughs) Like that, et cetera, is man carrying a lot of fucking weight Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not sure what this is called or if there's anyone else like me out there i often feel less masculine or less like of a dom less like less of a dom for it help or advice well first of all we just to get this out of the way yes you can be a dom to masochist of course you can be masochism is about the sensation of pain whether that's physical mental emotional and dominant but, is about the power exchange. Right. And I, we need to do this episode. We talk about it in all kinds of ways. We need to do mm-hmm. the episode on power exchange, dom-sub. That's a relationship style. Yeah. The activities you do as dom-sub 
can be kinky. True. But also you can do activities that are not yeah. part of your relationship style mm-hmm. where you are a top even if you're a severe well, bottom even so if you're many, a top. So many Ugh. people take and and combine those things. Yes, they do. All right. And and it's not, it is not, it is not, it is not, it is not. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? It's not. It's not inclusive. Being a dom and a sub is can be and is very different from being a sadist and a masochist. I have known many masochists that do not have the submissive bone in their body. You try to get them to submit, man, you're going to be in a world of hurting. Yes. It ain't going to happen. They're coming out swinging. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. But you tell them you want to take a crop, a whip, or a paddle to them, and they are all for it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there is nothing that says you cannot be a dominant in charge of a power exchange relationship and not enjoy pain. anybody out there who's thinking what I'm thinking I believe yes we witnessed a JB rant (laughs) are they like him and sort of like low volume relatively calm yeah (laughs) but was that a rant also yes so I I have nothing to add JB said it but there's the part Here's the part of the question that really needs some interrogation because we're bumping up against heteronormativity, patriarchal bullshit, and misogyny mm-hmm. because here's where it gets – this is where it, it makes me sad for people. Yeah, They're a dom. They know they're a dom. They've had the sub-experience. Mm-hmm. It's not their thing. They're a dom. But also they like to experience pain as pleasure. Like yeah. they enjoy it in certain situations, sure. certain types. And yet, I often feel less masculine or like less of a dom for it. (sighs) Hi, patriarchy. We missed you. Glad you're back for this question, too. Well, you know, you know what? That that is something that (laughs) has been going on for some time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking a couple years ago with somebody in the lifestyle, who's been in it actually a little longer than I have. And he was telling me that as a as if someone was a switch, mm-hmm. say if you lived in town X mm-hmm. and you were a dominant. In your community. At, in, in your community there, you were dominant and you were a sadist. Mm-hmm. But in reality... You were a switch. Right. But that community knew you as a dominant. Knew you as a dominant and a sadist. If you wanted to switch, Mm -hmm. you could not go to your local community Mm -hmm. and say, oh, well, I'm not feeling this tonight. I want to be the recipient of that tonight. You would be demeaned. You would be put down and looked on as less than. For someone who was a switch at that time, Mm -hmm. they would literally have to pick up from Community X Mm -hmm. and travel to Community Y where they were not known. Right. And then they could be their such, And then they could be their subby side. Oh, it pisses me off. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, I am so grateful that in, in this day and age... People do not face that as yet, much. As, I bet as it much, happens, as but much, probably not as much. Yeah. As much mm-hmm. in in the more open and inclusive right communities 
Right. It, it is more accepted. I, I have no doubt that there are some communities out there that still look on it like that. So, Or just some individuals within yeah. the community, yeah. And that is that's the stigma the, that the goes with that, that it, it mindset. Goes, it goes back to what we talked about in previous ones, and I think what we talked about maybe even, was it last week or week before, mm-hmm. where, yeah, because when we were talking about soft dom, hard dom, Hard dom is preferable because you're strong, yeah. right? And strength stereotypically is tied to masculinity, which fucks up masculine people because then they're being told by society you can't be soft or be on a receiving end or be less harsh. So mm-hmm. that's bullshit right there. But also it, then of course the the correlation, take it to its logical fucking conclusion. If dominance is strength, right? Well, doesn't that make submission weakness? It's fucking not. But that's if you if you go, oh, well, doms are the that's the strength. Masculinity is the strength. We know from our patriarchal fucking society and misogyny Mm -hmm. that femininity is considered weakness, which is why the worst thing a cis man can ever be called is feminine or they show their feminine side or embrace femininity. Bullshit, bullshit, fucking bullshit. Um, and so that we take that structure and those bullshit beliefs and we put them right on top of power exchange. And so dominance, the stereotype is most of them are cis male, but that's not mm. true at all. It'd be any fucking gender. And certainly there are plenty of cis women who are like, I'm a fucking dominant. So that's bullshit. We say the dom is strong, but we don't take it to its logical conclusion that what you're saying then is that the sub is weak. That's not fucking right. Then if we get it tied up in our head that either, and this gets really like convoluted because there's so many nuances to it, to be a masochist is to be quote, like a sub because so Mm -hmm. many people think, well, if you're a masochist, you're submissive and that's not fucking true. And you've already decided that submissives must be weak. Then Mm -hmm. you're saying that masochists must be weak, not fucking true. But also we're conflating the fact that, oh, if I'm a masochist, that means I'm a submissive, which we know is not true. We just went there. It's all bullshit. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I, I got into a conversation at the Munch last week you know, just talking about our power exchange. And it's like I told him, I I said, I do not view you as less than me. Right. We came into our relationship as equals. And we are still equals. We are still equals. We are still equals. And I told him, we are equals on many levels, on all levels, really. Sure. Okay. We each have our strengths and we have our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But it comes down to we are equals and we are in a, in a consensually negotiated power imbalance. Sure. That we negotiate the imbalance, which, but at any point, consent can be removed. So therefore, it's not, it's an imbalance in the moment. Yeah. It's an imbalance those times you have to say no when I want you to say yes. There's an imbalance when you decide within my limits mm-hmm. what will happen and I willingly don't speak up and say, do this instead. I don't tell you what to do. I ask you what to do. It is really the appearance of an imbalance because if it was, if it's that fucking important to me, I have every mechanism at my disposal to speak up, withdraw consent, fix it. Mm -hmm. But also it goes back to the bullshit that to be the bottom or the submissive is to be the weaker. Right. 
and that's not true. Are you true. fucking kidding me? It takes strength to do all of this. It takes some sort of internal strength, one, to go, society told me that the only right sex is the type where we're procreating it's like, and missionary in the dark. To, 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 to coin a, 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 a saying, I pity the fool that <laughs> tries to use show you as a doormat. Well, okay. <laughs> there's that. but And I can speak directly to why I know that I am, submission makes me strong. Masochism has made me strong where I have my own power. Now. Yes, but in general, to go against the grain of society and everything that every body has ever tried to teach you and figure out you're kinky anyway and go, not only am I kinky, let's go fucking embrace it with fellow kinky people yeah. is a source of strength. I don't give a fuck what side of a slash you're on mm -hmm. to enter into and a power exchange temporarily like a negotiated one-off or long term mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. either side of the goddamn slash is us as a show of fucking strength because you know what yeah. i'm going to use the power of trust and communication and mm -hmm. i'm going to be vulnerable and show yeah. you tell you what the fuck i want i'm going to tell you my goddamn limits we're going to talk about how we're going to fucking stop it and then right. as the submissive as the example because supposedly we're fucking weak I'm gonna fucking trust you to do that. And then I'm gonna, as depending on where you're at in life, this will be different for everybody. If you do it wrong, I'm gonna have the fucking strength to tell you to fucking stop. If you do it right, I'm gonna have the strength to go, can we do more of that? When you have to disappoint me because you end a goddamn scene early because you get to have your own fucking limits, right. I'm gonna have the strength to go, that was disappointing, but I'm grown up enough to know I can do this again another day because guess what? I didn't get hurt. Right. You made the right fucking call. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have the strength to ask for what I want. I'm gonna have the strength to look for what I want. I'm gonna have the strength to be who the fuck I am regardless of yeah. what society tries to tell me. But then we're gonna say that you don't feel mad masculine and you feel weak because you are a masochist motherfucker please no it pisses me off <laughs> that and, might and no. you know what the, the whole thing with with that Sorry. there still being communities that that think that way mm -hmm. about being mm -hmm. a switch you know what screw them i was talking with somebody about this i talked to so many people you're the oh social one and you know what every community is not meant for you Right, we, that's true. We we have come across communities that we love, and those that I and, and would those not that, spit on if they were on fire, and, and and that they were not our people, no matter what we do. And you know what? You're going to run across that, and you know, walk away, walk away, and find the community that embraces you. Find the community that accepts you as you. That community is out there somewhere, and if you can't find it, make it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Find your people. Let your people yeah. find you. Fuck all the others. Sometimes it's a fuck all the others. And in this case, this person isn't even a switch. They're a dom as their yeah. relationship style right. and as a sensation that they want to experience. Mm -hmm. They're a masochist. Right. And the two get can absolutely be and are on their own way completely different. Yeah. You don't have to meld the two. No. Right? Like just because... You're a submissive doesn't mean you have to be a masochist just because you're a dom doesn't mean you have to be the sadist. You get to like what you fucking like. The things that speak to you fucking speak to you. Mm -hmm. And we've got to stop attributing, well, if this makes me strong, then take it to its fucking logical conclusion. If you say to be a dominant is to be strong and all dominants are strong, not everybody will mean this, but enough people will. The logical conclusion of that train of thought is, well, that means that submissives must be weak. 
<laughs> if I feel weaker and less than because of this part of me that's a bottom, not even submissive, just a bottom, I'm on the receiving fucking end of something, then you have just in your mind, whether you realize it or not, decided that submissives are weaker. Mm-hmm. And to be the dom and to be the top is the source of strength. And <laughs> is it a source of strength for people on an individual level? Absolutely. But you know what? As a submissive and as a masochist, those are sources of strength for me. I am fucking strong as a motherfucker. There you go. Because you know there what? You I can tell you what I need, stand up for myself, protect my limits, withdraw consent, mm-hmm. and I can let you tell me no. And I can decide yeah. in the moment is the submissive in me going to go okay or is the human in me who understands her limits going to go no that's not okay let's talk about this that's strength too it's all strength and while i may not be a masochist believe me (laughs) he gets very angry (laughs) he gets very angry when something hurts (laughs) but as 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 the decider and the leader in this household there are times i have come to you look I am at my limit. Mm-hmm. I, I I just cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And I need you to do this for me. Sure. I, I, I do not You're have... You're vulnerable with me, which is another uh, example of strength. And then I use a, one some level of my internal strength to take on the burden for you. Because it's mm-hmm. a fucking partnership. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> okay. It, uh... Thank you, Silent Wing, for that question. Sending us that uh, link. I thought it was such a simple one. I'm like, of uh, yeah, course. Yeah. No, you could be a dom. It's, it's not cold in here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? You wonder why I'm never cold. It's because I get my blood pressure up with the rants. Uh, <laughs> rants will keep you warm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to the next. Actually, okay. I'm going to skip the one that was supposed to be the next one. The next two are ones I found. Okay. The next one is that really complicated one. I'm going to, we'll come back to that one. Let's All go right. to the next one. And the reason I did this one is because I totally could relate on some levels. So I thought this would be interesting. All right. Headline, momentary anxiety prior to punishment. Is this something that my... They're the sub, husband, who's the dom, can help me with. So here's the situation. My husband said he'd cane me for something. It was warranted. I'd been talking to him about following through with spankings. He said he'd give me, and I was looking forward to it too. But it was so sudden. It's not something he told me over the phone would happen after he got home in two hours. Even before we got started, I felt suddenly unprepared for the pain about to come. My husband stopped pretty quickly and used his hand instead. Immediately afterwards, he asked if I was okay and if this was fine. I assured him it was, but he felt pretty terrible for a while. I explained this to him and he asked if there was anything he could do to help me. Can anyone relate to feeling, quote, unprepared or needing something, whether that's time or something else, to get into the headspace. Is there something he can do before he spanks me? And would that be a fair ask? Let me just say, yes, that would be a fair ask. We'll yeah. get into the details, but yes, that yeah. would be a fair ask. What um, are your thoughts? My my first initial thoughts listening to this is, um, you know, we have pre-negotiated punishments. Yes. Okay. And, you know, I, I often tease about how, you know, a spanking is punishment for you is, is no real punishment. You're like, bring it on, I, you know, I'm, what, what took you so long? Sure. Uh, now, if I were to say I'm going to use a cane for you as punishment, you know, that's a little different thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, a, a cane 
even as punishment, is kind of a gray area for you. Sure. Because of how you feel about the cane. And how you use it. And how I use it. Sure. So, you know, I, I think what may be kind of lacking there, if, if I'm getting the gist of this right, one is they don't have like, you know, okay, well, a punishment will either be a a paddle X, paddle Y, sure. or my hand. Right. It's sort of like, oh, you get a punishment. It's this thing. Yeah. You know, right. it, it's it, not very specific. It doesn't sound right. like it's very specific. It, it, yeah. it doesn't sound like it's very specific and, and negotiated, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, so, you know, I, I think maybe that's kind of, sure. you know, you, you don't want, I mean, to a certain extent, punishment, um, should be a surprise kind of, no. but I, not in that, <laughs> issue, well, <laughs> all right, you're, you're probably going to have to help me with words here. That's okay. Not, not so much as that it should be a surprise, but. Um, a range. Do you mean that? I I know what you've already said is the fa- what will be punishments like the implements used. How punishment will happen should not be. Mm-hmm. It's part of negotiations. If you're right. even gonna have punishments, you're not required to. Right. You have to negotiate it. You should get specific. Yes. This is what will happen. This is what a punishment will look like. It's mm-hmm. this or it's this or it's this. Right. Do you mean, though, that when it's decided a punishment will occur, that to – I don't think surprise is the word you want. No. Do you mean um, that it might be made on the – sort of on the fly, like a, a quick decision? That it might be made as a decision from the predetermined list. It, absolutely. The predetermined list. But also there's the other side of a punishment of what – what activity got you the punishment? I also think yeah. we've gotten into the weeds on this and that's not really the question. Okay. Because I, I agree with you on the, maybe there will be some level less anxiety if it's very clear of exactly what the punishment will look like. So mm-hmm. instead of saying you're gonna get caned, it's five swats of the cane, 10 swats of yeah. the cane. And instead of a spanking, it's gonna be a, this paddle, this implement, bare hand. And I agree with you there. I think in terms of, um, deciding something needs to be a punishment. And that seems less like it was being asked here. And that's okay. information we don't necessarily have. What I would, the real question is feeling unprepared or needing something and mm-hmm. th- their uh, suggestion of whether it being time or just something else to kind of get into the headspace to be prepared for punishment. And here, I, I okay. feel like, have you ever been punished in a power exchange? In a power exchange? In a power exchange. Um, yes. Okay. How did you, how did that come about for you? And how did you feel when you knew it was time for the, like um, when it was announced to you? In all honesty, it was so long ago. I don't <laughs> 20 remi- years ago. I don't, I don't remember so much. Um, but what I can go back to, to a certain extent, um, is as a kid. Sure. Being told, go to your room. Sure, sure. And wait for so-and-so to come home. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can relate to that, okay. too. Jesus. And and I have done that with you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Get in the room and wait for me to come in there to deliver your spanking. Sure. Here's the thing. And I'm going to speak directly from the submissive perspective. Okay. And possibly, uh, they said momentary anxiety. I'm going to speak from the I have all the time anxiety. <laughs> Here's the thing that in, this is just my view. Other people can have different views. Mm-hmm. Punishment, allowing punishment, first of all, in your power exchange, not required. And 
allowing it to happen, meaning the punishment is being doled out, mm -hmm. in my experience, is a very different headspace than the fun shit. Even the hardship yeah. is a service submissive mm -hmm. because those are things I sign up for and say I will do. Right. And I do them according to how we've negotiated and yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fun stuff, one, typically with the fun stuff, you, there's either a buildup, you're talking about it, or you know that it's a possibility, even if you don't know what's gonna happen on this day at this time, mm -hmm. right? Punishment, in my view, very different. It is the one time I, while I recognize I still have power, I still have power over myself, I can withdraw consent. And we have, we've been in arguments where oh, you yeah. wanted to go into DOM mode and I went, mm -mm, that's, this right. is not the right argument for that. Um, while I know that, I know it consciously, deep in my emotional space, especially with my personal anxieties, mm -hmm. punishment is the closest I feel to being fully powerless. Because yeah. I'm a grown ass fucking woman mm -hmm. who knows that I could go, I'm not fucking doing this. Are you fucking kidding me? Like be mad at me, let's hash yeah. it out, but what? And I allow sensations in, in our case or experiences, but oftentimes some sensation that I know I don't like that under yeah. any other circumstance, I would say for the fuck out of. I mean, there. And I allow it. And that requires a certain headspace to be in for me. Okay. So I would, and I'm not saying that that's what everybody requires. Some people mm -hmm. can flow into that yeah. and it's fine for them. Me personally, knowing how independent I usually am, how I actively try not to get punishments, how I desperately don't wanna feel this sensation. And most right. of the things we do together are things, even if they feel kind of weird or I'm not sure of, are meant to feel good. Punishment asks me to go against parts of my very nature, which is why I avoid punishments. I'm happy to negotiate <laughs> them into our power exchange. I like the fact that they're there, but it's one of many reasons why I am desperate to be a good girl because I don't fucking want punishments. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, it requires me to get into a headspace, to be ready yeah. for it. And I think that if a person can relate to needing the headspace, you might need it for different reasons. This person gets momentary anxiety. Maybe if I was paying enough attention in the moment, it would be anxiety, but I always feel anxiety. So sometimes I can't tell. Um, for me, it's the knowing I have the lack of power. And this person might feel that too. And that just makes them feel anxious. Mm -hmm. I actually get angry. What you can, an anxious person can express it in anger. It's like a depressed yeah. person can express depression through anger. And I get angry, which yeah. is why the times I've had to pull you back, you've tried to go dom and punish. And I'm mm -hmm. like, no equal footing. We're not in sub mode right now. Yeah. You, if you ever notice when we are at that crossroads, it's only happened like twice, I think, in our whole relationship. Mm -hmm. I am angry. Yes. Because I can feel my power being yeah. pulled from me and it's a very uncomfortable mm -hmm. feeling. Now, I also know, and, and this has been brought up by a couple people in, in the live chat, um, you know, depending on what what it is with, you know, what, what has been done wrong, all I have to do mm -hmm. and worse than any punishment is look at you and say, mm -hmm. you've disappointed me. Oh shit, I hate that. But you know what, it doesn't make me feel powerless. It makes me feel bad for the thing I did and it mm -hmm. makes me want to avoid doing that again because I don't wanna disappoint you. My view on punishment consequences has long been, and we do this in our relationship and we try and do this as parents. Mm -hmm. It needs to prevent the behavior from happening again. Right. Which is why we don't go in for punishment as actual punishment. Like don't do something to me I'm gonna like. You've just told me that 
to get this thing I like, I should do that thing you don't like. And now we've got problems. And that's why it's effective because at my core, what I want to do is make you happy. I want you to be happy with me. I want mm-hmm. to serve you well. I want to be the good little subby person that we both want me to be. Yeah. When I disappoint you, that is powerful. Without It makes me feel an emotion I don't want to feel because I don't want to feel guilty or ashamed or sad or bad. But it doesn't sure. make me feel a physical sensation I don't want to feel. So some people will go, oh, well, the physical sensation would be a bigger deterrent. Yes, in some ways. Mm-hmm. But also... Uh, if I'm not in the right headspace, I'll safe word the fuck right out. Whereas if I, you tell me you disappoint, I won't safe word out of that. There's nothing to safe word out of, in my opinion. Yeah. But a sensation that I, my brain cannot handle at this moment, mm-hmm. I don't care why it's being doled out. Yeah, I will safe word out of that. I, I tend not to. When I've safe worded, when you've tried to do punishment, it's because I was not in a submissive headspace to hear why you thought I deserved punishment or I just fundamentally disagreed that this was a power exchange punishment thing. This was a, we've got to talk about this outside of that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, One of a million amazing things about you is if I say for it, even in that instance where I might be in the wrong, I might have done something mm-hmm. quote, wrong, but I say for it, you respect it every time. You never no. make me feel bad about it. We, You go, okay, wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. That's why for this person, and I, I would say I'm the same way, maybe just to plays out differently, is for the punishment to be able to happen and or for it to be effective, you gotta be in the right headspace. So yes, this person has the right to time and anything else that they think will help them get into the right headspace. So that could be, tell me exactly when it's going to happen, yeah. right? Or it can't happen, and I know I would know this for myself. Everybody has this, regardless of your role, you have these moments you have to flow between, I am the non-kinky business person at my job doing a job, or I am the mom or the mm-hmm. dad or the parent or the caregiver. And we flow into, okay, now I'm feeling submissive or dominant, or I'm reacting to somebody from my submissive headspace, whereas before I was talking to somebody in my mom headspace, right? The thing that might need to be negotiated is if a punishment is due, there has to be a gap of time between I'm in this non-kinky headspace, I'm caregiver, I'm worker, Mm -hmm. I'm daughter, I'm whatever, and I need time to shift over to the submissive headspace that can accept punishment. Because if you came at me and said, I was gonna get a swat from a cane for doing something wrong, and I had to go from yelling at a 16 year old to pick up his damn shoes and flip like a switch, I don't know that I could do it. Because I go back to, these are sensations I don't necessarily want. This is a situation I don't want to be in because Mm. I don't want to have done anything wrong. That doesn't mean if the punishment's negotiated, it shouldn't happen. It means you need to think Think through how how it's gonna happen. So it's not just knowing what the implement will be. I would say, and this will be specific to the person. If what you need is five minutes to go collect yourself in the room by yourself, maybe put your collar on if that makes you feel submissive, maybe kneel if that's what makes you, what makes you feel submissive? Even if it's just time to breathe and think about it, Mm -hmm. time in between the life you were just leading that that's you're a person that does not get punished to oh shit i'm a person who gets punished and having that gap it could be actions it could be time it could be the conversation and the way it's presented this thing happened there will be a punishment for it 
That punishment will occur at this time and in this way. Me as an anxious person, if I know those kinds of details, mm-hmm. am I a little on edge till we lead up to it? Sure, but I'm also prepared. That means, oh shit, daddy will be ready to hit me with a cane or whatever at 6.30. If it's within my power to do so, I'm gonna start winding down everything else by mm-hmm. 6.15 minimum, maybe six o'clock, depending on how anxious I am. And then I have the freedom to go get myself into that headspace, to go think about what happened, to remind myself of the relationship we have or whatever it is I need that helps me feel better and feel submissive and be right in my own mind so I can let you do this. Because Mm -hmm. the thing that has to be remembered when it comes to punishment is it's consented to. If it's not consented to, it's just as abusive as anything else, okay? which means yes, you can withdraw your consent from punishment. The thing I always say is if you negotiated punishment and you accepted it and now you're safe hoarding out of each situation, you have to go back to the negotiating table because something ain't working. Mm-hmm. It's either the type of punishment or you're yeah. not really into punishment and that's not gonna work for you mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But yeah, you okay. if you have to, you can say for it out of it. I think people forget that as mm-hmm. well. But this person doesn't sound like they wanna say for it out of it. They just don't wanna feel like overwhelmed by it and they can't handle it. Time, space, information, whatever makes them feel calm and gets them in the headspace, I think they have every right to that. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, feel free to use that as tips for the future. I'm trying not to get punished, but if you want to punish me, <laughs> make sure I'm in the right headspace when we're talking about it. There we go. Okay. The last one, which I moved in order because it is complicated to me it's complicated maybe it's simple to others it's the last one for today this is a very long episode and yes we'll have a bonus section but here we go uh the headline bdsm versus my 10-year relationship uh they say i am currently facing the greatest dilemma of my life I, a 28-year-old woman submissive, have been a lover of BDSM since I first got into pornography. I'm assuming they mean watching it because they don't reference it there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was absolutely my first and truest kink. However, given the misrepresentation of it with most people, I've always been rather closeted about it. I've never been in a relationship where I was allowed to explore my sexuality much and decided it was likely best I just observe BDSM from afar with longing in my heart. My current prime partner, 32, male, is truly wonderful. He and I came together not long after I left an abusive relationship, verbal and gaslighting, and we've had a strong relationship almost the entire span of the 10 years we've been together. We weren't friends before, we just hit it off after matching on a dating site. He's rather vanilla, however. Over the years, we've grown comfortable with our sexuality and have a regulated, they put quotes around that, regulated polyamory relationship. Fooling around with others is fine as long as they are approved by the other partner and that the other has been tested, understands safer sex, all that. For him, he gets off on group settings, the more the merrier in his eyes. Just the atmosphere of multiple people is enthralling for him. For me, I like group settings, but personal settings as well. So going off with another person for an evening of fun. The only stipulation he had about this dynamic is that I don't focus solely on a side partner. Mm. We have both been comfortable and happy with how our relationship functions up until this point, save for a couple of points of contention. However, 
I recently started to get sexual with a friend of mine, also 32 and male, who my partner approved of. And it turns out he's a dom. Funny enough, without even saying a word, he just instinctively knew I was sub and acted on those instincts when we had our first sexually charged encounter. It was electrifying, not only because I hadn't expected it, but because he tapped into a side of me that had been repressed for so long. A piece of me was being given attention that I thought would never be touched. We hit it off fast and hard. It was so incredible finally having someone to talk to about BDSM. I hadn't had that before. We would flirt and chat, talking about future exploits that would plague my mind for months. Through our escapades, I found myself wanting to dive deeper into BDSM culture and try it as a lifestyle. Truthfully, I should have realized how important BDSM was to me and my identity when my love for it never went away despite haven't having tried it until recently. I have loved it all this time. I just never realized how much I needed it because I never experienced it before. And there's still so much I haven't tried and really want to. Realizing that BDSM is more vital to my identity than I ever thought, I approached my prime partner about it. I have told him in times past I'm into rougher sex and BDSM, though it never leads anywhere. So when I spoke up about realizing how important BDSM was to me, he kind of shut down. I was incredibly nervous about it all because it's a very vulnerable confession for me. I offered that we take classes together to get involved with the local community, learning rope safety, etiquette as a dom sub, gatherings, all that stuff, which he immediately turned down and got rather sharp with me. So what? sex isn't good enough with me anymore and you want to be tugged around on a leash outside with black eyes that's not how the real world works oh good judgy shamey much and while i understood his frustrations it really hurt to hear he attempted to try some rougher play later on to appease me and it just didn't work and we've tried a bit just to see if it's compatible but he's not a dom he isn't going to put me into subspace whether that's due to our dynamic we've had for 10 years or because he's simply not suited to the role or both I tried offering him resources to learn more and even suggested porn, but he's pretty much turned down the notion of fulfilling this for me. Hmm. My friend is very considerate. He has respected my relationship this entire time and has been such a pillar of support. Of course, he doesn't want to dabble too far into BDSM with me because he doesn't want to cause strain on my relationship. And I think there's complicated feelings involved as well on both sides. And to dabble too far wouldn't be fair for either of us, at least while I'm in a relationship. He says he's focused on my long-term happiness and cherishes me deeply. He has said he has given me solid advice and has even suggested things like indulging in other hobbies so I don't lean too hard into him and our bond, lest I get lost in it while all this is happening. So I really trust his intentions are good and he genuinely doesn't wish to tear my relationship apart. And while I'm not seeking to leave my current 10 year relationship for my friend, I do feel as though I'm trapped. I feel like I'm now torn between something that is quite literally part of my identity and my prime partner. He's allowing me to continue dabbling, but there's only so much I can do while in a relationship, even if he gives the okay to it, there's only so much I can do with another for their own needs. And truthfully, I only feel comfortable doing this with my friend, mainly because I've only just started this path and I trust him with my body. Part of me wonders if I need the space to grow, to figure this out, to break up and finally explore BDSM fully and freely. However, another part is terrified I'll make a wrong move. My prime partner is overall a wonderful person who only has my happiness in mind and does everything to make my life easy. And I love him and I love this life, but I can't be whole if that makes sense. I think I need BDSM in my life more than just once in a while. I think I may need it from my prime partner and I don't think my current prime can do that, but I won't know that without having tried. So I'm torn between killing off this part of me and stuffing it back in a box, pretty much impossible and sounds kind of awful, staying in this limbo where I keep daydreaming about the things I want and not getting the true fulfillment, anxiety inducing and eroding my sanity and my relationship's happiness, or 
breaking up and trying to find out my path, then pray the great unknown isn't too cruel to me and that I don't regret leaving my 10 year relationship. Does anyone have any advice? Ooh. Right, first of all, that was a long one. And I know that was yeah. a long one, but that I could, I, when I saw it, I was like, oh my, I, we could probably do a whole episode on this one, but. And this is the kind of thing based on messages I get or things I read Mm -hmm. that other people talking about that this is not completely uncommon. No, it's not. Because it is it is possible, even if you're not into an have an open relationship or polyamory where one of you is absolutely kinky and it is part of your identity and the other person is absolutely vanilla and is never going to be able to make that leap with you and go Mm -hmm. down that path with you. And it's a, what do I do? And the three options are like the, the main options to consider. Yeah. Stuff it back down, stay with this person, dabble or go full tilt. And I know what I would do, but I also know that I'm coming from a place of, I figured out I was kinky while I was single and then could make those choices of who Mm -hmm. I wanted to be with. And so didn't have another partner to consider. And that's where it gets tough. That's where it absolutely gets tough. Now I will say, and I understand we only get a glimpse into this person Mm -hmm. because we're only given this little slice and these little examples. However, I have no doubt if this person says that their partner loves them, fine, they love them. But the reaction to wanting more kink as being that judgy and shamey. I know, I know. uh, It doesn't mean I think that the other person loves them less than you think they do. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's like, why is your initial reaction to be judgy and shamey? Can't, what's wrong with an initial reaction being, that's totally not my thing. I'm not into it. That's an honest reaction mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Can can we talk more about this? Or I'm not comfortable talking about this. Like that is a reaction that is not uncommon either. I am, call me a judgmental bitch, but I am always skeptical if your initial reaction to a person you claim to have loved for 10 goddamn years is judgy and shamey. And I know this is a correlation, not causation. And it's uh not actual data, it's the other word I can't think of, but you are my prime example of that. You tried to tell a partner that you thought you loved and loved you, you were kinky. And now their reaction was more judgy and like Mm -hmm. real shamey and real bad. Um, And you know that that relationship didn't work out. Right. 10 years together, if your reaction to a thing I'm telling you that is super important to me is judgy, shamey, is, is that as solid of a relationship as we thought it was? There's some yeah. there's something there. Mm-hmm. The other thing is the way they described their polyamory is one of those kinds of setups that works until it doesn't work. Like my partner has to approve and I can only dabble. Well, that's fine. If mm-hmm. that's what you negotiate, that's fine. Yeah. And if everybody's in agreement, that's fine. But you cannot control who you end up having a connection with when you go to dabble. Right. Like finding an entire whole piece of yourself or reconnecting with an entire piece of yourself Mm -hmm. and connecting strongly with another human being in this way that they're not talking about not wanting to be with their partner, leaving it all behind. Like you can't, like you, that limiting way of negotiating mm -hmm. that polyamory situation only works as long as 
you don't find a person you connect with that deeply and you want to do more than dabble yeah. with. I mean, it. And then you got to renegotiate that it, too. If it was a little lengthy and I, 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 you know, excuse me if I didn't catch some of the, but if I, I remember that correctly, um, you know, the poly thing was okay with him as long as it was in group settings. He Correct. liked groups. He didn't mind her going off he by herself, okay. but he wanted it basically, the word casual was not used, but basically it needed to be casual. It couldn't be something that overtook the rest of her life. Okay. As a power exchange, mm -hmm. as you're exploring BDSM for the first time, might. Like it, he didn't mind her exploring kinks. Yeah. He just didn't want it to get to, the way I read it anyway, is he didn't want it to get too serious. He didn't want it to take away from their relationship and that the secondary be like to supplant him as mm. like the primary. He needed to be their relationship, their primary relationship needed to be the most important. So first of all, I feel like that's a, f people who are more into poly and the negotiations and mm -hmm. will have a better understanding of this. My personal belief is that is a little limiting too, if the other person does not agree. Yeah. Because here's the thing, when you go out and you allow yourself to meet other people and have other experiences with them, you cannot predict how you will connect with somebody. That's true. And this person could absolutely have a um, a focus on their prime part, as they refer to them, their prime partner. Primary, yeah. In a vanilla way, and have a focus on another partner in a power exchange way. Now, I, as the way I'm wired, I'm not. I don't know how that would work. But do I say that it's impossible? No, because I don't know how this person works. Mm -hmm. But. Like I said, this type of polyamory sounds really good on paper until you finally meet the person who taps into emotions and needs you didn't even know you had to negotiate for. Yeah. It's the limiting power of negotiating one time for a relationship style mm -hmm. and never going back yeah. to renegotiate it. But it, yeah, and, and you just said the magic word, renegotiate mm -hmm. it, it. It just goes to show you how in, in the lifestyle, whether it's DS, whether it's poly, whether it's a, a mixing of all of the above, um, you know, things are never set in stone. You're, you're always going to have to, there's always going to be stuff coming up. I mean, even for us, when, when, when we first dipped into Polly, um, you know, there was something that kind of blew you out of the water at one point and kind of had to step back and, and re-talk about some points mm -hmm. for us, you know, so Things happen it, again, just like kink. It's not set in stone. You have, you know, mm -mm. It, it's it's fluid and it's going to change, and you have to be willing to. And I feel like that's a fourth option that she is not considered. And maybe he's shut it down, and it's not an it's not an option. Yeah. But to me, the fourth option is go to your primary partner. Can we renegotiate how we do this? Mm -hmm. Like I can be fully committed to you, right, as my primary partner in this non-kink way, but I would like to maybe fully commit to this person in a kink way, which is a different way of relating. Right. From there, then they would have, if what they want to do is avoid ruining what they call a really good relationship, I still contend after 10 years, if a partner's reaction to you is immediately judgy or shamey, mm -hmm. I feel like there are cracks there that maybe have been patched over or ignored. I'm just, yeah. there's cracks in the foundation somewhere. Can they be fixed? I think so, but not always. Anyway, um, can the the 
poly situation be renegotiated? Can they look at it in a new mm -hmm. way? Right. If he's willing to do that, then that gives her the freedom to explore BDSM and figure out how important it is it to me in the ways I connect to all partners or can I compartmentalize or flow, go through a mm -hmm. flow back and forth between the kinky and the non-kinky? Because if you've got something good with this partner, it doesn't have to be kinky for it to be good. Right. But also sometimes uh, the expression that comes to mind is sunk costs will st stick with a long-term thing because we're mm. thinking of all the time and effort and emotion and when it's used, it's usually used in business. So the, the money we've put into it, whatever. I feel like there's a sunk cost thing going on here. Well, we've been together 10 years and it's been good. Has it been good because it's you're two compatible people? Mm -hmm. Or has it been good because you stuffed down your need for kink and this was the this was good for your vanilla self, but you're not actually vanilla? Mm -hmm. Like if given a chance, are you is yeah. your full yeah. identity kink and in every relationship you want you identify mm -hmm. in some kinky way? Who knows? I don't think you have to necessarily blow up the relationship to find that out. I think that if you've already negotiated a relationship style, that means there should be room to renegotiate it. I can understand where the partner not bringing up the renegotiation can, might feel threatened by that. They might think mm -hmm. that they're losing out on something. Um, they're not, if the whole idea of polyamory is to love many, I mean, like at least even if you don't agree with that on your personal self in your poly relationship, like broaden your horizons of what it might mean for another partner. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the real sign is if they're not willing to renegotiate it at all, if they're not willing to find a way for y'all to maintain this, you know, presumed close loving relationship and mm. allow you to go find your happiness in other ways. In I mean, the part of the purpose, not all, I know people think of polyamory in their own unique individual ways. Sure. But when I try to like learn about being poly or learn about open relationships, the most common thing I hear is I cannot fulfill all the needs of a partner. My yeah. partner has every right to go find more love, more needs to fulfill, more ways mm -hmm. to express and experience love because I cannot be there everything. Now, I'm sure that there are plenty of people who are poly who do not think exactly that, but it is such a common thing I see that to me, it's like, yeah. it's a common idea in poly, even though everybody is unique and there's nuances. So then shouldn't the conversation be, we're poly. The idea is that we can love more than one people and that a person can fulfill a need. And this is a huge need I have. Can we renegotiate how we make this happen? And if they are closed down to the idea of renegotiation, I'm gonna go back to how solid is this 10 year relationship? Because right, right, sometimes, right. We also mistake a solid, happy relationship for a sense of comfort because we know what to expect. And, or we have overlooked and ignored or whatever, things that we don't love because there's enough that we do like. There's enough that does make us happy, but there mm -hmm. will always be things where we're like, I wish this wasn't happening. And bring a little bit of conflict into a relationship where you're not discussing the things that you're unhappy about or you're shoving down entire parts of your identity in order to just have a relationship. Um, and I feel like that's where the cracks in the foundation show up even more. Like jiggle that relationship a little bit. Mm -hmm. What's the next response? Is it another judgy, shamey thing? I feel like you've got information that you need. Also, it's an inherently personal thing to decide is this an, a part of my personality I can no longer deny I have to go down this path and find out what happens? Or would I rather stay stay where I'm comfort, comfortable? I know what choice I would make, mm -hmm. but I got to make that choice single. Yeah. 
if you came to me tomorrow and said, I am not kinky, I don't want to do this anymore. We're, we're not, there's no power exchange. We're vanilla. I would be faced with that choice. Now, as long as you said we were still open, I'd be like, well, okay, I'm good mm -hmm. because we have a strong enough relationship that outside of the dynamic, right. I want to be with you. Okay, mm -hmm. we're going out of this life together like Thelma and Louise and I'm living to be a hundred, <laughs> so just buckle up, okay? But if that was off the table or if you tried to limit how I expressed another side of myself, I would, I would have to make that decision. Sure. And I honestly don't know what that choice would be. And I don't think there's a single right choice. Yeah, I no, think it's no. everything has consequences. Nothing is a sure thing. Which is the one you can't let go of? Which is the one that's the most painful when you think about letting go of? And then when that fails, flip a fucking coin, I don't know what to tell you. It, it comes down to the hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Where the, uh, the kinks fit in, the hierarchy of kinks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do... Um, I do think that for her to make the decision and feel like it was the right decision for her at the time, even if it goes sideways and it doesn't end out up the way she thought it would be, there's a lot of introspection to do. There's a lot of inner work to do. There's, yeah. I, I will say the most impressive person in this whole situation is the Dom. That sounds to me mm -hmm. what she was describing. And when I say most impressive between the two partners, yeah, the person describing the story, she's fine. But between these two, I'm, I'm here for Dom, dude. And right. that person sounded a lot to me like you were. And we weren't even trying to, to decide between another partner I had and who was non-kinky. You were like, I had said, I'm trying to keep this casual. I'm not trying to do anything like I can't handle mm -hmm. it. And you were like, OK, if that's what you need, I'm cool with it. And here's what I want for you. I mm -hmm. want the best for you. I want you to be happy. But also, and I think that that Dom's right on, like you've got to be a little self-protective of if I go too deep in this and then you like in a month go, never mind, I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. That's that's hard too. Sure. Um, I also, this is very simplistic because I think there's a big difference between the person you met six months ago and the person you've been with for 10 years. Um, but I think it feels telling to me that the Dom and the person who, has every reason to just walk away or to push harder, like to mm -hmm. go either way. Is like, I'm here for you if you need me. Let me help you if this isn't, you know, so you're not depending too much on me. You're your own independent human being and here's some hobbies and here's, and giving really good advice mm -hmm. where the, the other person is like, mm, judge, shame, you should just be with me. What do you like? Right. Again, I recognize that the ties we have with somebody after a decade are different mm -hmm. and the the emotions we feel at the idea of losing them do not i mean when we feel scared that does not always bring the best out no. in us no it does not <laughs> um and i i recognize people would one disagree with me on this and two that this is based on my my personal situation but i have long believed and continue to believe that in times of fear and worry in a relationship where you're scared of it's about to end, mm -hmm. bad things are about to happen. You show who the fuck that, you really that, are. That's when a person because I have seen the worst of somebody who came out who said all the right things, loved me, loved me, loved me, never wanted to be apart, never. And the moment they actually had to face the fear of what that meant, they no longer thought about how much they loved me. They tried to hurt me. They tried to make yeah. life difficult for me. 
They caused me physical, mental, emotional anguish and pain and hard times in the name of love. And I understand there are people who are like, there's a thin line between love and hate. Fuck that. That wasn't fucking love. Mm -hmm. That was not about loving me, the person. That was about loving the idea of what you had and now you're afraid of losing what you fucking had. And that could have been with any fucking, a goddamn sock puppet. Mm -hmm. The people who have truly loved me, truly deep down loved me as the person I am. When it when shit's gone south or they've been scared of what could happen, and you're one of these people, you lashed out in anger, sure, people lash out in anger, but you've never, no, the people who really love me have never tried to cause me harm. They've never tried to make me feel bad about myself. They've never tried to shame mm-hmm. me into changing my mind. None of that bullshit. And so I tend to have the perspective that 10 year comfy relationship and it gets pushed a little bit, it gets needled a little bit, you get a little scared. You about to show who the fuck you really are. And the first step would be trying to renegotiate the setup you have. Mm-hmm. Like, can I can I get more of my needs met here? Yeah. I love you. You're my person. But this person could be another one of my people in a different way. Can we find a way to make yeah. this happen? And shaking the foundation a little bit. I'm telling you, a lot of shit will come running out of the dark when you do that. True. This one's hard. There's no, I don't, there's mm-hmm. not a single right answer. What if I was talking to this person, I would say, if you haven't already, try renegotiating your policy yeah. situation. Quite frankly, just the act of asking for the renegotiation and trying to discuss it will probably give you an insight into your partner and be mindful of that. Actually watch what the fuck yeah. they do. Don't just listen to their words. Don't just think about 10 years ago when it was super duper good and five years ago when it was kind of comfortable and seven years ago when they helped you get through an illness or a, st- a stressful life, but they hadn't done that shit for you since. Watch their reaction today. And my cynical bitchy ass says, if they come out swinging to cause you pain, yeah, that's what they do when they feel threatened and that's mm-hmm. not about love or care of you. Not at all. That's about fear of things changing and losing something that nobody wants to lose, but wanting to hold onto it so tightly and so securely that they don't care what damage they do to the other person to get it. Maybe I need therapy to deal with that, but whatever. It is what it is. That's how I see it. What would you say something? Mm -mm. I don't think I can say anything that. uh... (laughs) Did I bring the whole room down? I did, didn't I? Sorry. Didn't mean to talk about past trauma. (laughs) Okay. Those were some good ones. Yeah. For YouTube folks, I'm going to try really hard to put timestamps in for each one because we got into some deep conversations. Mm -hmm. We did. Was there shrieking and yelling? Yes. For especially podcast listeners or anybody listening with earbuds, I am so sorry. I'm working mm-hmm. on making sure I actually face the microphone now that we've changed our setup. But that means that when I scream, <laughs> I'm facing Whoop. the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Like a wind tunnel. So I guess we'll go into a, a bonus section now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, are we good? Oh, as good as we'll ever be. Okay. Keep, Keep it, it kinky, kinky y'all. y'all. And we'll see you next week. Okay. <laughs>
I talk to the crickets now? I don't have much of a voice. I'm left. not even going to tease you. Yes, go I'm ahead. I'm exhausted. You can talk to the crickets. Uh-huh. I could probably go use a good cry. That last one was hard. Sorry, I didn't mean to take anybody down that road with me. I I I see why our Reddit reaction episodes, because I can see the numbers of these, are our most popular. <laughs> They also end up being our longest because I'm always like, oh, four or five, that's enough? Yeah. yeah. I would not, I would love to hear from both podcast listeners, YouTube watchers, live stream folks. Would you, not all the time. I like doing multiple ones because we can move from one to the other. Mm-hmm. But in some of these super complicated ones, would an entire episode about one Reddit post be interesting yeah. to like really dive deep like mm-hmm. are have we like this this last one it's like wow this would have been really good as its own solo episode Stand if there's roll, interest yeah. in that look i am i'm making content calendars for the year i will pop that shit in there's always something to find on reddit that could take an hour to talk about if that is interesting to anybody as a one reddit post for a whole episode, let me know. Um, and also a big thanks to Silent Wing because those first three ones, including the Do- the JB rants, oh those are from Silent Wing. So Silent Wing is the real MVP of this episode. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, for podcast listeners who cannot see this, because JB is cold, He's drinking hot coffee. Normally yeah. he only has one hot coffee in the morning, sometimes two on a really cold mm-hmm. morning. Um, it is a mocha made with sugar-free hot chocolate mix, coffee, and mint chocolate chip sugar-free syrup. Can you taste the mint chocolate chip in it? Or does that get hidden by all the hot it, chocolate? It gets hidden by the hot chocolate. And that is my easy way to make mocha without this, even without the syrup, just a hot packet of hot chocolate and the coffee. And I put a little half and half in it for you done i only drink two to three hot coffees a year usually on the coldest day because that's the only time i really want a hot drink mostly so i can hold the mug and warm my hands and once i tried it like i just i was like i want a coffee but i want a hot chocolate why can't i have both and i did it (laughs) and now i don't want to drink hot coffee any other way (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) so Okay, Tayshu said in live chat, we haven't had an emoji of the week recently. I recommend, and it is a volcano blowing its top. (laughs) I recommend that too. I think if you've made it this far and in whatever ways you connect to us on the interwebs, comments, Mm -hmm. comments on the show notes page, that's a blog post, there's a comment section, uh, replying to emails, tweets, whatever, whatever. Yes, emoji of the week is the volcano blowing its top (laughs) i don't know what it's actually called in your emoji list but that's what it looks like an exploding Mm -hmm. volcano so (sighs) this was therapeutic for me Uh, i've been walking around kind of tense lately especially today (laughs) and this was and you were a little i don't want to say you were low energy this morning when Mm -hmm. we were recording other things but you were more mild and sedate than you usually are. Mm-hmm. I could see it in your eyes. Yeah. Are you are you feeling a little bit more energized as well? Was I, this therapeutic I, for you? I think so. Okay, good. Ooh, um, excuse me, folks. So, 
Oh, we've gotten some good feedback on the uh, in the live chat on the doing one. Somebody mentioned doing two, mm-hmm. just in case one is not that. I would have to. It would have to be one leg. Was like that last one where I had so many thoughts and feelings before I would even consider it for a standalone. And somebody else was like, "Yeah, that'd be like a case study." And yes. Um, also, <laughs> if you would like to be an MVP like Silent Winged and you spend time on Reddit, you are welcome. <laughs> to send us things you see in BDSM subreddits that you're like, this will totally get Kayla ranting. (laughs) Or if you're not even thinking in terms of whether I'll rant, if it pisses you off, (laughs) (laughs) if we get enough, I'll get to a point where I won't be able to use everything we get. But right now, you know, Silent Wing sends them when she sees them and you know, I find them to fill in and it's enough, but so. I think the real (sighs) challenge will be to see if they get me to rant again. That I would not even put that on like a make that a challenge challenge because <laughs> it's bad when you rant. Like it's like clearly you are the <laughs> the person with the situation or causing the situation is the epitome of fucking ignorance because you've even pissed off JB. <laughs> like how bad do you have to be to make an evil sadistic bastard of a mild-mannered person mad. Like you take glee and joy in causing pain. Like that's, your sadistic side is not evil and angry and mean, it's joyful. You find joy in sadism. That's a sentence nobody has ever thought to say. And if I said it in therapy, they would commit me, but you do. So, like, you don't like to approach things in anger. We don't even, no. we, I mean, our personal philosophies, we don't even play when you're angry. If it right. can't come from a place of joy or contentment or peace, right. we're not doing it. Or punish when angry. Or, right. Yeah, anything So when like, something right. makes you angry enough to not just feel the anger, but to express it and basically call that person everything but a child of God, like... But I wouldn't want to try. That's, I mean, that's unicorn hunting, y'all. We couldn't plan for that. <laughs> Get me to rant. That's not that hard, okay? That's mm. not that hard at this point. Mm. I think long-term listeners or people who've gone through the whole catalog or most of the catalog, you know what'll get me going at this point. Only like newbies might not know yet. That's fine. Hang out a minute. It won't be hard <laughs> to figure out. Stupidity. Stupidity and um. The stereotypical bullshit that people think power exchanges gets me ranting every time. You are harder. So I think we need to treat them as the miracles they are when they occur. <laughs> don't don't go hunting for it. it so. <sighs> Silent Wings. I would buy a book titled The Joy of Sadism. <laughs> Look. You're the sadist. I'm the writer. If you ever want to write the book, I'm here for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can be my editor. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what? I, I'm going to have to write it down. I think a future topic might need to be on joy and the importance of, because you are so gleeful about things that with no context, there's like that. That's mean. Why? That's a mean thing. Why are you laughing maniacally? I think you're evil because I don't have context. Not me because I know, but like an outsider. <laughs> But I know that you are like in your happy space. You are <laughs> joyful. You are as happy as you know how to be while I'm crying. And I'm happy while I'm crying. And that is a paradox. <laughs> I, I think joy. I think it's. I've got a whole running list, y'all. I'm loving that the ideas are flowing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. sorry for anybody who comes to our podcast and hits us like at episode 299. And it's like, I just want to know what BDSM is. <laughs> and we're over here like... Let's talk about vulnerability today. <laughs> Oops. <laughs>
Uh, so, uh, in this bonus section, do we have anything of note? Lola has slept through the whole thing. We locked the cats out uh, to try and keep it quiet. I didn't hear Ella meowing no, mournfully at the door, no, so no. that's good. No. Yeah, Lola has been, uh, yeah, pretty much just uh, chilling on the love seat over there. Mm-hmm. Her ear is kind of cocked up, so I know she can hear us. Right, right. She's she's sleep listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she knows mm-hmm. we're talking about her. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm. Oh, I'm going to borrow your pen and paper to jot this down. So I want to do joy. Mm-hmm. And somebody mm-hmm. just said the term that I think I forgot to say when ranting earlier, but I think this would be good in um, a topic, which is toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and power exchange. Because even for people who are not masculine, we're all impacted by toxic masculinity. And quite frankly, toxic masculinity it impacts the way kink is viewed by people within kink and outside of kink. And so even if you yourself are not masculine, you're not a man, none of that, you're still impacted by it. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, that'll be a deep one. I'll have to make sure we bookend that with like fun episodes. <laughs> so I, can't, <laughs> I can't bring the crowd down multiple weeks in a row. Right, That's no right, fun. Right. Oh gosh. I feel like getting into the nuances of this stuff beyond the, I mean, we do the short videos and podcasts that are meant to be tips and help folks who are just trying to like figure out what to do. But these longer conversations, I want to get into the weeds. I want to talk about these little, little concepts or these little moments that have more meaning than we realize or that impact all of us, even if we're not like all kinds of stuff. Hmm. But also I worry that I'm, I'm not an expert. So Mm. it'll be an imperfect conversation. But mm. yeah, I do feel sorry for Kingsters who's like, I'm just here for a BDSM 101. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of my plans for probably second quarter is to do some updates on the website to make it easier for people who are like, okay, these loving BDSM people, I just need to know how to do the thing and to make it. We have Simple, a page, DS yeah. for Beginners, but I need to update that page and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hmm. but, ah. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's a good episode. It was. It's a super long one this time, y'all. Yeah. Sorry. We haven't done one this long <laughs> in, in a, a long time. <laughs> the Reddit reaction posts tend to, tend to do tend it. Tend to yeah, do yeah. that, yeah. Um, yeah. What else? What else have we got going on? Nothing Nothing any different from what we normally do. No. Um the oldest is working a lot and doing a lot of band stuff. We get to go to a jazz band concert tomorrow night, um, Thursday night, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, the 12-year-old's middle school jazz band, which he is not a part of because he's still too too young, for, new and to band for that. I think they're also playing. So that's, I mean, we're super excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the youngest is kind of coming into his own a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fun. The cats are good. The dog is good. Yeah. We're hot messes. Yeah. I'm feeling st- more stressed than I have been. And then I realized, I was like, why am I feeling more stressed now than I was a week ago, a month ago? I'm like, oh, because I was in denial a week ago. <laughs> reality setting now. Yeah, oh, oh, that's yeah, all right. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, a nice yeah. break room feeling you've, stressed. <laughs> you, you've got your, your follow-up appointment coming with the doctor from your surgery. I do. I forgot about that. Thursday, the day, uh, Thursday the 3rd, February 3rd is mm-hmm. the six week mark of 
my surgery, hysterectomy for anybody who doesn't know. And this is when I get the final appointment. I have been pain-free for two weeks, knock on wood there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure everything internally is what doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> my, inc- my external incisions completely healed up um i was telling jb last night i have one in my belly button and i'm not a small person and so the belly button i gotta like look i it's not it's not like easily visible and i went to look and i like told jb i was like wow my doctor knows how to draw a straight line because it's perfectly straight it's not cattywampus or anything i don't know maybe they like use a ruler in the operating room i don't fucking know i just know that my scar is only like an inch inch and a half long and perfectly straight (laughs) coming out of my belly button um so yeah so i'm i'm feeling fine for that um Mm -hmm. we're we know because every time i talk to her pre-op day of post-op everything is always like six weeks before insertion six weeks (laughs) for sex penetrative sex (laughs) and so weirdly for two people who were too stressed to give two shits about sex prior to the surgery (laughs) we're both like is it time is she gonna give the all clear i don't see why she would i know it would be very strange to me at this point because i'm not having any other like negative symptoms or side effects right i've got most of my energy back Mm -hmm. uh which is good i have a desire but not a will to exercise and eat right (laughs) Like, I want to do it, but I don't want to actually put in the hard work to do it. I don't want to change my habits. I don't want to inconvenience myself. (laughs) I want to live my life the exact way I'm living it right now, but also have that work out to where I feel better in my body and my body is stronger. That's, those two things are incompatible. (laughs) Oh my God. Um. So yeah, that's basically us, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I I really haven't been up to a whole lot. Um, You've been working. I I've been working a lot, even um, jumping back into things after dinner. Yes. Few nights, you know. Um, now, prior to our Florida hard freeze, um, our three days of Florida winter. Yeah. <laughs> I um I I did go out and pick every orange. We have so many goddamn off of the tree. <laughs> we need to just invest in a juicer and make some damn orange juice. Not like a big fancy juicer, like literally the little plastic thing. <laughs> just make some orange juice. Yeah, so many oranges. Um, yeah, because if I if they had remained on the tree with the temperatures we were having, they they could have frozen off and sure, you know, gone to waste. But yeah, I picked every single one. I would easily say. 70 plus oranges this yeah. year maybe close to 100 mm-hmm. they're like mm-hmm. the little um mandarin oranges they they get sold in the grocery stores as cuties yeah 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 those little ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and uh it's not a big tree i mean it's not like you think of one of these you, you know huge orange grove uh orange it's trees a dwarf? It, it's a dwarf mandarin right yeah i mean it's i'm i'm about as tall as this tree and it's been that tall in the two years we've been here now mm-hmm. you know but yeah, so, uh, I would not be surprised if it ended up being it was a hundred. Yeah, uh, and I eat. I didn't even the count. year before we, we, we did count twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, for between the fertilizer I gave the tree and the pruning I did it. Yeah, we we had we, a lot. And I a lot. They're <laughs> so small 
when I sit to eat them, I eat like three at a time. Mm-hmm. And I have not made a dent in our pile. No. Not at all. No. We need a we need a thing to a, juice a them. juicer. Yeah. 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 Not not the good good kind. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, the ten dollar one from Walmart. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. I need. So mm-hmm. yeah, did that and you know, yeah, I've 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 just been working, working, working. Mm-hmm. Um I went to the sawmill. Mm-hmm. You did. You literally um, like dropped everything and like drove quickly to yeah, the sawmill the other yeah. day. Um, I, I called him to find out what the status on the black walnut was. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, it's ready. He said, but there's um, some people from a certain group coming out tomorrow. And, big, big woodworking community. And, and they'll probably clean me out. So if you can, I'd come today. And I was like, okay. I'm on my way. Yep. And uh, I, I got first pick on some really, really nice black walnut. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday I started rough milling it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it'll still be a little bit, but I, I've got to, I've got to start on getting it, uh, getting it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've done a, you've done a pretty big restock of certain items. Some yeah. items are not being restocked because we're changing how we're going to sell those. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the end of February, we'll have that all in place. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. But yeah, like the paddles and stuff have been restocked. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to add two new wood types to two paddles, two, two listings on the Kinkery site to officially call Excuse those me. restocked. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you've just been working. I've just been doing my thing. My, most of my time has been consumed with the membership drive. I've mm-hmm. been, I mocked up the bookmark. Yeah. And we went through several iterations of that before we finally landed on the design. Right. I'm going to post those on social media, I think, this week, the two mock-ups. And then I played with the stickers and mm-hmm. played with the designs, played with the sticker paper, found a, a good waterproof uh, sticker paper, and then discovered that our, the ink in our printer is waterproof once it dries. So yep. yay for that. Yep. So while they will not be outdoor decals at all, don't use them outdoors Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. The stickers are drained from the membership drive can go on a water bottle or yeah. something that might get like kind of wet. Um, I would you'd have to hand wash whatever you put it on, but you know, it can at least get wet. Um, so I've been playing with that. Like that's been my big helping you with the shop, of course. Yeah. Um, because I take care of the website stuff and listings and stuff. But, um, yeah, then the membership drive has been my big thing. On top of, like, doing other work, but that's, like, mm-hmm. my major focus. So yeah. Somebody asked any more Purple Heart. Um, no, unfortunately not, no. Um, I, I have restocked some pieces um, from what I had. While I was able to get Black Walnut this time, he has no exotics at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's this whole supply Mm-hmm. chain caca um you know he ran out of black walnut couldn't get that now he got the black walnut but yeah and he, e- exotics are tough to come part by. of it is it's not like he goes to his backyard and cuts down trees to get the wood he drives up to places where he can get the tree or the wood to right, whatever right. like what did he say for the black walnut he went up to north made the drive up to north to the Carolina. carolinas yeah right and gas prices here in the u.s are freaking skyrocketing mm-hmm. so yeah, and the I, we know that you know you could go to Woodcraft, you could go to Rockler. Yeah. One for the price you spend for a piece of wood and the travel time and the travel there. time, it's like we wouldn't want to have to bump up our prices enough to no, to do no. that. Whereas if we're just patient, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah. and get and wait for them to come back into the saw, local sawmills, it's mm-hmm. much more affordable for everybody. Yeah. So. so. But, but yeah. that's just that's us. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, plenty. It's uh, two plenty. hours. <laughs> and, and we're we're at two hours now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time wow. to be done. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's time to be done. Okay. Yep. So ah. Uh, we're gonna go now. Yeah. Uh, my throat legit does hurt. My stomach growled throughout the episode. Oh, if you goodness. heard that, I'm yeah. so sorry. I don't eat before. I eat <laughs> after, and it's a it's an issue. Um, and so yeah, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, we will. If you're a part of our, if you're considering becoming part of our Patreon, um, there is a live Q and A this Saturday, February fifth, so you can see us again that way. But otherwise, we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. Tuesday podcast, M- Monday video, Tuesday podcast, Wednesday live stream, Friday podcast. We're everywhere in all the places. And yeah. if you're on Instagram and you're like, uh, am I going to follow her at the handle she fucking hates? I have been losing my damn mind on that app and and make I made a reel that is so stupid. And yet I laugh so fucking hard every time I look at it. Um, I also made a reel where I apparently let my attitude show and I waited to the very end of the video. I didn't notice it when I recorded it or I would have trimmed it off. And I literally do a raised eyebrow like, mm-hmm, I was right. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, what is happening to me in Instagram? What is fucking <laughs> happening? So if you're on Instagram, you can follow us at the handle we fucking hate. Yeah. Links in the places. Because uh, if, if for nothing else than to watch me act like a damn fool. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all I'm saying on the reel where I lost my mind, somebody should take the app for me. I used a filter that gave me a mustache and I don't look bad in it, which is strange. To right. Me. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, looks kind of good on you. Yep. So, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to go now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks thanks for, for joining us, everyone. Thanks for sticking with yep. us to the bitter end. Mm-hmm. We'll be back the next time we're back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Bye.